Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Uppy Dietitians podcast. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the pod. Like we mentioned last week, we are continuing a three-part series today all about the Enneagram. Last week, we talked all about our own Enneagrams and how they relate to each other. And we kind of prefaced this, but this week and next week, we're going to go into each of the actual like numbers, the Enneagrams, and we're going to talk about how they might relate to different types of disordered eating. Now we want to give really big disclaimer here that we are not Enneagram experts. Like we said last week, we just have fun with it. Like this is just a fun episode, something for us to kind of mix it up a little bit, um, for our enjoyment and for yours. Um, but while we are food experts, disordered eating experts, I would even say, I would not call myself an Enneagram expert. That's for sure. <laughs> no. This is just for fun, and we love talking about all things personality tests as is, so what better way to bring in our niche than this? What better way? So we can start it off with talking about probably the four types we'll talk about for people who might not know or aren't familiar with the Enneagrams. So (laughs) I'll go through them. Um, Okay, okay. The Enneagram in general is just like a model overall of like the human psych that's taught. There are like nine interconnected personality types. You can kind of have wings. If you like know which type you are, you can go wing either way, which one is consecutively close to you. Um, But the four types we're going to be talking about today are type one is the reformer. Type two is the helper. Type three is the achiever. And type four is the individualist. And we're going to kind of go a little bit more into depth about what exactly each of these kind of encompass. And then we'll, of course, bring in how we might see disordered eating habits specifically for these. Yeah, I'm very excited. I was having a heyday while making the outline for this one because I just like love learning about this kind of stuff. And it like makes so much sense. Like we talked about last week how I I know I said this, I think you did too, Emily, like I really resonate with the Enneagram and like my type and how it, I don't want to say defines me, but it really describes me in a lot of different ways. And so I feel like knowing what I know about the different numbers, which isn't much, I definitely know my own type the best, which we'll get to next week. Um, Yours too, actually. It's, It's cool to see how these things I think can really relate. And hopefully the takeaway for you guys is like, if you know what your type is, Maybe just having a better understanding if this does kind of resonate with you um, and kind of knowing what to look out for, maybe even if you didn't know you were struggling with with this kind of disordered eating, but again, not here to diagnose or anything, but hopefully that just kind of helps bring some awareness to it. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the first one. So I actually thought that I was a one for a while. A one is the reformer. I think I am a nine wing one. So I'll kind of actually say in a minute how I think a lot of these made some sense during my disordered eating days, but kind of the, the best way to describe a one, I would say is like the perfectionist that all or nothing thinking, which we talk about a lot when it comes to food and how it's not very helpful. Enneagram Institute has a section on their website that describes what types of, they call them addictions, which I don't know if I love that when it comes to food, but they describe the types of addictions in quotes that the different types may have. And this is what they said about the, the reformer Enneagram one. They said, quote, excessive use of diets, vitamins, and cleansing, 
cleansing techniques, fast diet pills, enemas, under eating for self-control, in extreme cases, anorexia and bulimia, and alcohol to relieve tension. Which is just very much on brand, especially with that like all or nothing mindset, going for more of those like polarizing approaches that really are like fully in it, very extreme, kind of one way or another. So it makes it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I I think this person would be the type to definitely go hard with like the clean eating, the natural way of eating, organic eating. Like they're like, you're either right all the way right and like eating perfectly clean or you're wrong. Like that's the only alternative if you're going to be like doing things right is you're eating things usually clean is how that type of person would describe it. Yeah. And from like the other side of it, it might be seen as like having like being disciplined and having all this willpower and control over food, but it's like definitely a like control technique to try to like feel like a perfectionist would like feel in complete control, whichever way it is kind of affecting your body with what you're putting in it or not putting in it. Yeah. Usually the opposite where they're, yeah, not eating much of anything that isn't clean. And by doing so you would think that they like have this like perfect life where everything is just so clean and healthy and they're so fit. But I put in the notes here, like they actually end up just creating their own personal hell because that's no way to live. Like when we only eat, we think of like Chris Trigger on Parks and Rec. Have you seen Parks and Rec, Emily? No, I have not. I couldn't get into it. it. I couldn't get it. I started it. And I think I watched it immediately after the office and people were like, oh, it's like the office, but outdoors. So like I went in thinking it would be exactly like that. So I think I need to give it another shot because I like the outdoors. And, and it's like- kind of like the office where season one is kind of like, whew, you got to be a real office fan to like season one. It's kind of like that with Parks and Rec too. It, it definitely gets better yeah. and funnier as it goes along. Yeah. I feel like I need to like push through. I think it also doesn't help that over the years I've grown to dislike Chris Pratt. So that has not helped yeah. as well. Yeah. And he's a very lovable character in that show. So you would want to like him, but you'd have like this internal like battle I, with him, I, you probably. <laughs> I'd probably be very upset about liking it. Yeah. Not, but yeah, maybe I'll, I'll try it. I could, I, I'll maybe watch it with Bobby. Cause like he can. I feel like he would like it. Yeah. Well, yeah. the reason I bring it up is because Chris Trigg, Chris Traeger, gosh, I can't talk today. Chris Traeger is one of the characters and he is like the one who we can't diagnose here, but probably has orthorexia. I feel like he would probably be a one. And he's a really good mm-hmm. example of that. Where like you see on the outside, he's like always going for runs and eating clean, taking supplements. But then around like the mid part of the series, he ends up going to therapy constantly because he created his own personal hell. So I feel like that would be, I think he's a type one for sure. If you guys can resonate with that at all. Yeah. Well, we love that for him. Therapy's great. Yes. Dr. Richard Nygaard is, is his therapist. <laughs> there we go. But okay. yeah, I mentioned how I might be a one wing. I think I am. I think I'm a nine wing one. Although I was reflecting after last week's episode that we recorded about how maybe I am, like you can be a nine wing eight or a nine wing one. Mm-hmm. We talked about how like an eight is, uh, well, you and that person can be kind of like, 
I don't know, not very nine ish, but I was thinking about it and I was like, I get really angry and frustrated and upset if things aren't going the way I think they should. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that could be my eight coming out, but as a nine, I don't want to create chaos or problems. So I just like repress that anger. And I was like, wait, am I actually a wing eight? I don't know. I don't know. I could definitely see you going both ways. Cause like, I was also like, why are eight and nines next to each other? But like, there definitely is a reason for it because like you can be an eight and still have more of that like peacekeeper mindset, which I don't have, but you can have like, (laughs) you could be a peacekeeper, but also be very like, this is how it should be. Yeah. Why are we not doing this? But like in a gentle way. (laughs) Exactly. I think like in my head, I'm I'm thinking exactly that. Like, why are we doing it this way? This is totally wrong. I think that's why I have such a tough time with the weight management side of dietetics. But as the peacekeeper, I'm just like internalizing all of that. And on the outside, I'm like, it's like that Olivia Rodrigo. I can't talk today. It's making me so mad. That Olivia Rodrigo song where it's like, I'm happy all the time. Yes. Where it's just like, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. All the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that can make sense. Could you so both wonder, be both wings? Sorry. I don't know. I don't know because the Enneagram makes it very clear that like, it's not putting you in a box, yada, yada, yada. And so I wonder if I can go back and forth, but also it's just a nine thing to like want to be all the different types. So I think I'm, <laughs> I'm just a straight up nine is all we really need to know. <laughs> you don't, you don't have a wing. This is just who no. you are. If we it's put you like, next to any other number, you'd be that number somehow. They literally describe it in the nines that will show personality traits of like, they go through each of the numbers and how we might relate to each of them. That checks out. <laughs> yeah. But where I was going with this is if I am a one wing, which maybe I am half time, I don't know. It's my part time wing, I guess. I would say that it makes a lot of sense for my like disordered eating days because self-diagnosed orthorexia was definitely my big thing that I struggled with because I wanted to be the best at everything and like have my macros perfectly tracked and like only eat the most natural things. So you like couldn't miss workouts. Exactly. It's like this totally tracks for me if I am indeed a one wing. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Let's talk about two. I feel like I keep forgetting we have four to get through. Number two is the helper. These people tend to be emotional. They're more empathetic people pleasers and their life revolves around helping people. And the Enneagram Institute states they're like, quote unquote, I don't like the word addictions. I don't either. I'm going to say they're quote unquote potential flaws (laughs) are abusing food and over-the-counter medications, binging, especially on sweets and carbohydrates, overeating from feeling quote unquote, love starved in extreme cases, bulimia, hypochondria to look for his sympathy. And I feel like that makes a lot of special sense, especially if like people are like very driven by their emotions. And that's not to say that's bad at all. We are not, we are very pro emotions on this podcast. Um, but like, especially if like something with the like love starved standpoint, like kind of acting out like overeating and like suppressing those feelings or like just trying to feel something makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense there, especially when like, if a lot of your 
a lot of your actions are dictated around like helping people. And then you're feeling like there's something lacking. You might overcompensate to feel something elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like when you hear uh, emotional eating, I think that is an automatic tie into a two and being emotional. Like Emily just said, is not a diss. Like that's a neutral term, but not, but, and these are the types of people who would for sure be the most likely to experience those like emotional eating types of things. I thought it could be interesting to, uh, if these might be the kind of people who might use food to show love, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing either. When I was in more of the weight management side of dietetics in my early days as a dietitian, when I was helping clients with weight loss, they would often say that they like hated when their spouse or other like people in their family would like give them food to show love because they were trying to lose weight. And so those just extra calories. And so I probably would have a while back thought that someone using food as a way to show love would be like a diss, like a bad thing, but I don't think it necessarily is unless this type two, the helper, maybe they'd be the person who would feel upset if they were showing their love with food and the person didn't actually like, like the food or they rejected it. They didn't want to eat it, which you always have the right to do. I feel like the type two might feel unappreciated if someone didn't like the food that they made for them because they become very over involved in like people's lives and how they can take care of them. And so if they feel like they're not doing that well, it's, it makes them feel like they're not doing a good job. Does that make any sense? <laughs> that does. It's very much like, it reminds me of like the love languages with like acts of service, but like yeah. more with like food around that, like gift giving or gift giving love language. And where if they feel like maybe like someone doesn't appreciate it, even if they do appreciate it and they just don't like accept it or whatnot, that could potentially affect them and make them a little bit upset. Yeah. I think so too. In which that could lead to like a snowball of effects of like overeating or like eating like a lot of sweets because that tends to help with from like a dopamine standpoint. They need mm-hmm. some type of like something to get their emotions up. Yeah, exactly. Like they maybe have more of those like highs and lows with emotions. And when those lows come, for whatever reason, whether it's become because they don't feel appreciated or whatever other trigger is causing that emotion, I think that would be when they would result to that emotional eating, binge eating. And like the Enneagram Institute says, like maybe even bulimia in extreme cases. Um, I would, I feel like it might be more of a bulimia case if they are a Enneagram two wing one, where the wing one is the, like the perfectionist who after a binge feels like that's so many extra calories, you shouldn't be eating this. They would be the one to purge afterwards. If I had to guess, because you know, that's all we're doing here is guessing. We're, we're making assumptions based off of what little we know, because you're not (laughs) Enneagram experts, but we are disordered eating experts. So we're taking that into account. Should we go to the third? This one I'm very interested in as well. Yes. Okay. Because as a nine, I also ha- thought that I was a three for a while. <laughs> like everyone were going to be like, I thought I was this. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I think I also thought I was a three at one point though. 
Yeah. I think a lot of like, I've seen a lot of dietitians are threes. I think the type A person always yes. thinks they're a three. <laughs> yes. If you went to Purdue Dietetics, you might think you're a three. <laughs> <laughs> We're all threes, actually. Yeah. So the the three, as you may have assumed, is called the achiever. Um, this person is pretty different from the two. This person is pretty unemotional and very practical. I think Ross is a three. He's very much like, what's the reason we're making this choice? There's no emotion tied to it. We're going to play it by the book. That's how it is. And so you can kind of see how this might lead to disordered eating where it's like, again, clean eating, rigid calorie counting, orthorexic tendencies, things like that. What the Enneagram Institute says, I'll read their quote. They say, quote, overstressing the body for recognition, working out to exhaustion, starvation diets, workaholism, excessive intake of coffee, stimulants, amphetamines, cocaine, steroids, or excessive surgery for cosmetic improvement. I feel like bigorexia is where this one slides into as well. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Where it's like, just very like all must be the best. Like, yes, I will accept nothing less than number one. I'm which is, I guess, similar to one, the all or nothing mindset, but this is like, I, it's not like all or nothing. It's like, I need to do this to the best possible way. And I will go to whatever extremes to do so. Which I feel like not only bigorexia, but on the flip side too, anorexia, like they want to be as small as possible. They always feel like their body is not small enough. They're always eating less. The bottom line is like this type probably is going to struggle with their body image quite a bit. Yeah. So they most likely follow a very rigorous calorie slash macronutrient plan where they follow it to a dot. They're very, I feel like a lot of these could easily be clean eating, but especially this one where those orthorexia tendencies tend to come up a little bit more because they have to have the best health and have to, will not take anything into their body that could possibly poison it in any way or taint it. Um, and just like, once again, that like control factor of like, I need to control every single from like food to exercise, like Hannah mentioned, bigorexia and anorexia are most likely the two that might result in this. And there's probably definitely a struggle with body image. Yeah. Just because it has to look the best. The best. We'll link the episode below on bigorexia that we did with, um, a guest in the past, really good episode. If you guys are wondering what bigorexia is, um, my last thought on this type is my understanding is they, because they often are striving to be the best of the best, they feel as though they can be a good role model. So I was kind of picturing like, I feel like I have the right to diss on trainers because I am one. This is the you personal do. trainer. You do have the right. Yes. <laughs> you like are I've a trainer. That. I cannot, but you can. And yes. I'll support okay. you from over here. I'm going to take that role and run with it now that you said that. <laughs> there, I will fight anyone who says otherwise. <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like this would be the trainer who loses weight or honestly, anyone who loses weight, whether it's trainer or not. I just feel like trainers tend to be the ones who feel the most qualified to do what they do next, um, which is where they lose all this weight or they make any other kind of change to their body. They build muscle, whatever. And because they did that one accomplishment, if you want to call it that, 
they think that they are then qualified to help others do the same just because they achieved this one thing, which we talked about before. Like just because you lose weight does not mean you're qualified to help others lose weight. No, 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 no. And especially when like, no, yeah, I'm just going to reiterate what you said. Like you did it to yourself. Like please seek out a nutrition professional if you're going to make changes to your dietary habits, especially if they're extreme. Yeah, I thought you were going to like throw an influencer under this Enneagram type. Hmm. I was thinking of a recent fellow who we've talked about on the podcast, but I don't know if he's an Enneagram three. Um, Say his name and we'll delete it. Liver King? No, I was going to say Bobby Flavicity. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know if he's like, I don't know. He might be a one. That's why I was saying, I was like, I don't know if he's achieved some stuff. <laughs> like to prove that he, oh like, what has he shown? What are like, besides the obvious, like, what are your qualifications? But like, what do you have to show? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> we, we completely bashed him and called him a flaccid little man. <laughs> And now we're talking about how he has nothing to show. (laughs) You know what? He'd probably bully us if he saw us. So he would all the junk food that we're eating. It'd probably be like, I don't know. Honestly, I would love to argue with him. Only the sense of like, if like I, you'd have to go in knowing you're not going to get anything out of this besides make him upset. So like, you were such an eight. <laughs> Your eight is showing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but no, yeah, he's definitely more of an a one. I Wait, now I want to now I want to category. I know this is like now I want to like name and no, I don't think we should be this is not diagnosing. And you no. not diagnosing. No, 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 no. I think Liver King is a three. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be a two, that's for sure. No, I was he thinks say, he's I, a two. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. He thinks he's a good. two because he like is curing little boys' depression or whatever. But he's definitely not a two. Talk <laughs> about that. I removed that from my brain. I don't think any of them are twos though. Like you can't them. be a two and be in that job. No, because you would be affected by people's emotions and they would get upset and they don't seem upset. So. Exactly. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I like, <laughs> I was like, wait, is this Bobby Felicity? But no, you're right. He's, he's definitely more of a one. He's totally a one. I think I, like, I don't know much. I can't quite remember what a five is. We'll, we'll reconvene next week about Bobby Felicity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll do our this full not... analysis then. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Uh, let's talk about four. Okay. Cause I don't hear much about four. So Me I'm excited either. to talk about Enneagram four. They're the individualist and they are self-aware. LOL, probably none of the influencers. Okay, I know I'm a nine, and so I feel like I'm everything. I am not a four. <laughs> well, there we go. I don't know who the hell I am. <laughs> um, self-aware, individualistic, and dislikes feeling vulnerable. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and- this makes sense. Yeah, so with like the disordered eating stuff we'll get to. Yeah. And the Enneagram Institute 
states their potential flaws as quote as being quote overindulgence in rich food, sweets, alcohol to alter mood, to socialize, and for emotional consolation, lack of physical activity, bulimia, depression, tobacco, prescription drugs, or heroin for social anxiety, cosmetic surgery to erase rejected features, unquote. Wow, that so like what I was kind of reading is like they want to be their own self they're an individualist but like if others I don't know it's kind of like if the if others don't okay I'll just read what I put on here because I think it words it well mm-hmm. like I feel like these would be the ones who would have negative body image because because of their individualism they're very well of like their flaws and their differences I don't know necessarily if they like want don't want to have those flaws. I feel like they really just like notice them and it's part of them. Like they are their flaw. And so like, yeah, they like, like my big thighs are like just who I am kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like they like, can't help being aware of like exactly thing on their body. It's like, they might not want to think about it, but like they're, there's so much like just thought about like who they are as a person. And then if you bring in the like entire diet culture side of it, that's probably not helping where it's like, Oh, look at these things that you might not have thought about. And then you, you think about them and you're like, Oh, well maybe that is why I do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this person would be one to overthink their food choices because they want to make sure they are eating the thing that they think others think they should be eating. So they'd be someone who like would not like to eat out with other people because again, they like want to make sure that they're eating the thing that matches what their personality is supposed to be according to like what they're portraying to others. It's just so interesting. The part about like utilizing these other like substances, I'm including food and substances because I'm just putting it all in one Um, to socialize and for like emotional consolation that like sometimes it's like with that like being vulnerable side especially like not wanting to open up like you like need something to get through those situations and it Mm. might be over reliance on food then or like yeah potentially the binging and then maybe that's where like the bulimia can come in where you're like oh my you're so self-aware you're like oh my gosh I just did that to deal with this Mm. Mm -hmm. and it could be a binge and purge type situation I could totally see that. And something else that I was reading was fours might be the ones to get stuck, stuck in that like victim mentality. If they have made being a victim part of their identity. And when that relates to eating disorders, I'm wondering if this might lead to them thinking like they are their eating disorder. Like it's not like a separate thing that's happening to them. their identity. Like I am my eating disorder, which of course makes recovery super tough because that's just like who you think you are. There's no way to recover from that is what you think. Yeah. I feel like fours are enigmas. I don't know. I don't know if I know any fours. I was going to say, I want to meet a four. I feel like they're like, I don't know. I can't think of a four. I don't know if I know any fours. I wonder, you know, how they like show celebrities who are fours. Oh, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, by the way, I never got to ask to Bobby what his. Oh yeah. His because he got sick. 
and I didn't think he'd want to do a test when he was sick. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. That was very nice of you. I let him go. Billie (laughs) Eilish is a four, but so is Edgar Allan Poe. What does Frida Kahlo? Angelina Jolie. Well, that Johnny Depp. I don't know. I don't know these celebrities. So I don't know why. <laughs> I, I can't say I know them personally. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like how it describes it. It says the four is the sensitive, introspective type, expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, temperamental. I feel like those are the words that really maybe tie it together is the expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, temperamental. Yeah. I agree with them. Like, I feel like just really severe, like, when we think of an eating disorder, of course, being food and like the foods that we do or don't eat, of course, mm-hmm. it is also a mental disorder as well. And I feel like a four would experience a lot of those, like the mental sides of an eating disorder along with the food side too, of course, but maybe a lot more of the mental than like a different type would. Yeah. I agree with that. Cool. Interesting. Well, this was fun to think about. This was fun. I love analyzing with no right to do so. (laughs) I mean, I feel like a lot of people on the internet do that. So So we're just contributing our two pieces. Yeah. And once again, we are not experts. And if you make that any more clear. (laughs) And if you're like one of these Enneagram types and you have a history with disordered eating or current disordered eating and it wasn't something we described that doesn't invalidate your experience anymore this is just us what is the word speculating this is just I was trying to say that earlier speculating yes yeah this is us just making silly little assumptions based off of what we know Exactly. And if you really do like the Enneagram and you feel like you really relate to a certain type and we described it in a way that you don't relate to in a similar fashion, that does not mean that like you're no longer a three or whatever. Like again, speculation was what I was trying to say earlier. That's all this is speculation just for funsies. Like I said, maybe the takeaway can be some self-awareness if that's what you got from this but if you also got nothing besides entertainment that's That's fine too yeah yeah (laughs) that's half of what we do is entertainment (laughs) yeah exactly well that was fun we've got five six seven we have five enneagrams next week including the ones that emily and i are so i was gonna say i'm a bit biased but i'm excited because it has both of ours that'll be good yeah plus your possible wings too because I I had some relation to well all of them as a nine but (laughs) especially the one except for four I'm obviously not a four I am not I'm never dramatic that's for sure maybe (laughs) I am a little bit of four there we go there it (laughs) is to find a way to to tie it in (laughs) cool well thanks for listening guys tune in next week if you want to hear us just talk about our enneagrams in general and who we are um, go listen to the episode before this. Otherwise, be sure to follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, subscribe on YouTube, like everything, give us five <laughs> stars on everything, leave a comment about what Enneagram you are and how much you love this podcast. And 
And then I listen we'll to see you next week. <laughs> I listen to a podcast where they review the reviews, and I feel like we should totally do that, like as bonus segments. Like if we get reviews, good, bad, yeah. or otherwise, we'll review them. So if that's your incentive to go leave a review, there we go. Even go if it's just a smiley face, be like slay. Yeah, but make sure you give us five stars though if you're good. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you hopefully in the bonus question, but if not, we'll see you next week. All right, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your host Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at The Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.